Hey everybody, uh, Christian here. You are probably aware by now, since you are hearing this near the end of March, uh, but throughout March there has been an industry-wide push to get more people interested in podcasts. You're currently listening to a genre-aware portal fantasy audio drama, which means you're probably already many layers deep, deep in that podcast dark web, uh, but statistically you probably have friends who are not. A decent majority of Americans do not listen to podcasts, uh, many don't know that they're free or know how to get them, and in some cases they don't even know uh, what they are or that they exist. Uh, so please recommend a podcast to someone you know who doesn't listen. Any podcast um, you think they'll like, it doesn't have to be this one. If you do it on social media, you can use the hashtag tripod, that's T-R-Y-P-O-D, or direct someone to tripodcast.org. Uh, if you're starved for suggestions, you can feel free to tag us. The show is at underscore T-O-A-F-N on Twitter. Uh, personally, I'm at C.T. Madeira. Uh, we'll be happy to hook you up with lots of recommendations if you can't think of any on your own. Um, and if someone you know doesn't know how to subscribe to a podcast, uh, we're happy to take care of that for you. Just steal their phone and FedEx it to care of once in future. Ner I'm kidding. Please, please don't do that. Um, just, just ask to see their phone and show them how to use a fucking podcast app. They're, they're not barbarians. Okay. All right. Enjoy the show. The Once in Future Nerd depends on listeners like you for funding and for spreading the word. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, and if you are able, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash onceandfuturenerd. You shall be rewarded. <laughs> Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 1 A Cruel and Sullied World By Christian T. Kelly Madeira Part 2 We rejoined some of our party in one of their tents near Freehold, where Nia had come to converse with Nelson and Jen. We must speak about your dreams, Nelson. Do you remember anything? Yeah, I, I told you, I, I never remember my dreams. I thought this one might be different. You spoke to me in my dream. That's weird. Yes. In the past, when I've had visions of the wounded young girl, I was alone. But last night, you were there, as was Billy, and Yilluin, and Sir Brennan which is why I've come to speak with you. The wounded? Oh, right. That's the girl. That's the, the wounded girl. I have seen her. Sorry, can we back up just a tiny bit? So you do remember the dream? No. Still no for tonight, but I think I saw that girl when the Templars made us hallucinate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just real quick. Um. Right. Sorry. So, turns out, Brennan and Nia have been having these uh, dreams where they see this little girl with the chest wound and she tells them stuff that's maybe a prophecy. Okay. But I forgot to tell Nia. When the Templars poisoned us, I, I saw... Well, I, all right, I, I saw a lot of things, but one of them was this girl. She had a big bleeding hole in her chest, and she said that there are seven things you must know to save me. The sixth is order is a story made flesh through power. Interesting. 
In last night's dream, she mentioned chaos, order and chaos, the ideals of the gods Galadin and Garadian. All of this is just as I have been coming to suspect it would be. You guys are being pretty casual about some straight-up horror movie shit. Oddly, the wounded girl exudes calm, the same sense of safety and protection that Sir Brennan reported from his dream, the day you three arrived in Jordan. Do you remember that? That was why the king let us live. Right, right. No, Brennan's dream reminded him of that old prophecy. You know, the scrolls of, uh, was it... Baradir. Yes, very good, the scrolls of Baradir. And since having that dream, Sir Brennan has come to believe that the three of you are going to play some vital role in an upcoming war between order and chaos, which in his mind, I'm sure, means he's war to retake the throne. Okay, but that's... I mean... You don't think that's true, do you? I've given that question much thought, and I have much to say. But for the moment, you must understand that Sir Brennan believes it with his whole heart. And if he shared my dream last night, as I suspect, he will want to speak with you immediately upon waking. He will likely insist on taking you before the Council of Elders, as he had planned to do when all of this started. That's the Council of Elves that we talked to, like, last week? That Regan lied to. No, no, that was the High Council of the White Forest. The Council of Elders is a gathering of scholars, clergy, and theologians who aim to guide proper interpretation of scripture throughout the realm. Oh, I should have picked more distinct names that were easier to remember. I'll be sure to mention it when next I have a hand in shaping centuries-old institutions. Oh my god, Nia. Was that a joke? No, we are too short on time to joke. Be forewarned. If you come before the elders, depending on what they say, Sir Brennan may either release you from his charge entirely or... Or if we're important, then we're in for the duration. What the elders say may make you indispensable in Sir Brennan's eyes, yes. He is too honorable for outright kidnapping, but he would not make your departure easy. So you should think carefully about what you do next. Are you telling us to run away? I'd sincerely hope you wouldn't but you ought to make an informed decision. Thanks, Nia, for, I don't know, treating us like grown-ups. You've been given responsibilities no child could bear. You're owed the respect that goes with that. Well, all right, speaking of that, uh, Nia, what do you think about this prophecy stuff? Yeah, informed decision, right? So, inform us. Yes, well... Let me begin by saying, I think it is obvious by now there is something extraordinary about you all. <laughs> nah. Whether I think you have aught to do with the scrolls of Baradir is complicated. In no small part because my beliefs regarding the scrolls themselves are complicated. They were very important in my house as a child. My parents are priests in the order of the plow, you see. Joined the family trade, huh? Not quite. The Order of the Plow is a ministry devoted to the concerns of farmers and other country folk, and the scrolls of Baradir purport to be written by a fisherman who was visited by Galadin in his sleep. You can see why this idea of Galadin speaking to a humble fisherman would be appealing among the rural lowborn. Visited? Like in a dream? That is where beliefs diverge. You see, writing in the time of Baradir tended to be very poetic. The ancients were more concerned with the personal emotional truth of events than with the objective material truth. So what does Baradir mean when he speaks of his visits from Galadin? 
Perhaps he is speaking in metaphor and only meant to say he felt the presence of Galadin in a very personal way. The Council of Elders prefers this interpretation. How come? Because the alternative is that he visited the Selberic Plain in his dreams and communicated directly with Galadin. And they don't like that idea. Salbaric dreaming is a known and accepted miracle. But the canonical scriptures say this only happens to the worthiest of the worthy, to those who have devoted their entire lives to the rule of order and the glory of Galadin. And the Council of Elders holds that this means, well, them. So God's word has to come through them. <sighs> Convenient. I'd be lying if I said politics weren't involved. But the scriptures are dense texts full of archaic language and many meanings. I do not think they can be fully understood without many years of study. If I did not fully believe that, I never would have joined the Order of the Quill. Okay, but so there's a chance that one or, or many of us may be Selberic dreaming? Perhaps. There is also a third possibility. Some readings of Baradir seem to lend credence to what is called the theory of divine avatars. Oh, you did mention this before. I was pretty out of it on that wagon ride to the White Forest, but I remember that because Nelson was shitting on Legend of Korra and I thought he was wrong. You're really going to front like it lives up to the last airbender? Come on. It gets really good in the later episodes. May we stay on topic, please? Much to say before the sun rises. Sorry. Sorry. The theory of divine avatars holds that the gods Galadin and Garadian have the power, if they so choose, to leave Salbarin and inhabit the body of a mortal in the Orden. They must join with the body at birth and must remain with it until death. Some versions hold that while inhabiting an avatar, the gods lose all their powers. Others say that it strengthens them. They become superhuman. These beliefs were all common in antiquity. What does the Council of Elders think of that one? It is heresy, blasphemy. It, it defies the first theological axiom of the Second Concordat. The gods are of Selberin alone. Scholars sometimes discuss it hypothetically as the metaphysical implications would be fascinating. But to preach it in earnest is to forfeit one's tongue. God damn. Yes, perhaps. I never took the idea seriously before. But the things I've seen during our time together, the parallels between the dreams and the scrolls is uncanny. And Brennan knew nothing of the scrolls when his dreams began. But I finally started to think in earnest about avatars after meeting that beggar in Armstrongard. The night we stayed in the monastery, I dreamt of the girl. She told me the blind man has seen the face of God. And the very next day, a blind man I never met before tells me he saw Garadian herself carry out the murder of Prince Uther. Granted, there is nothing to rule out that the man was just mad and our meeting pure coincidence, but once I allowed myself to consider the theory of avatars... Other things just started coming into focus. Yes, well said. Many things that have long been mysterious, especially regarding the death of Prince Uther. But that is a much longer story. Okay, so bracket that, what could this mean for us? Well, you did arrive here seemingly out of nowhere with memories of a fantastical world that is nothing like this one. Wait, 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 wait. You're not actually suggesting that we're 
<laughs> Avatars of your gods, are you? One thing the literature agrees on is that if the gods were to take human form, they would still know they were gods. So no, I don't think so. There is, however, talk in the scrolls of a champion. And that will have to wait, it seems. What? Come on, you can't leave us hanging like that. Brennan will be in soon, and then you'll have some thinking to do. But before you choose your course, I say this in favor of your staying. Regarding the mysteries we've discussed, including your arrival in Jordan, and perhaps even how you might return to your home, the elders certainly have access to research that I do not. I promise no answers, but neither can I think of a better alternative. Now think on what I've said. She turned to leave them, but then paused once more. I'd not make liars of you, but I would ask that you not volunteer the details of this conversation to Sir Brennan. Wait, hang on. Yes? Regan left to chase the elves in the middle of the night. Oh boy, there it is. She did what? I can't decide whether to tell Brennan. Uh, this is who would be Queen Gallad and save us all. Sir Brennan must be told, but let me handle it. Take the chance to talk amongst yourselves. And then she departed, leaving Jen and Nelson alone with a great many thoughts. Unbeknownst to Nia, though, Brennan had awoken before the horn's call, but having found Nia out of bed, he chose to begin his day speaking with Yilloween. Her Majesty must declare herself. Now that Traft is routed, there are houses that will take up arms against Redmore. Maybe enough to defeat him. But only if Queen Regan flies Gorindatal banners, perhaps she'll be more willing now that she's seen the Tarleheel are true to their word. Though if she makes a claim now, after having earlier denied knowing Gwenatal's heir, I worry they may hold the, uh, ruse against her. She was thinking tactically. Hardly damning for a queen. Rather the opposite. I pray the High Council of the White Force sees it that way. I must admit, I worry sometimes, Sir Brennan. Is she ready to wear Gunter's crown? More ready than that sniveling shite Ardell Ridmore. Well, of course, I only... And she is Gunther's granddaughter. Bastard granddaughter. I know for a fact he planned to legitimize her before he was usurped and murdered. Yes, I'm not... And I'll not listen to you disparage Gunther's dying wish. Let's remain calm, Sir Brennan. Do you think you know better than the High King what's best for the realms of men? Let you not forget, sir. What I've given for this queen. I challenged the High Council and spurned my parents out of faith that her cause would one day be proven just. But if I am wrong, then my life in politics is over before it has started, and I've done insult to my kin for naught. Is that all forgotten? No. No, it is not, Kiltir. Forgive me, I've been troubled of late. You've been as true to your post as could ever be asked. I'll never ask your apology for being fierce in defense of your liege. Loyalty is perhaps the finest trait of men. I only ask you to believe that I speak as an ally. As far as I'm concerned, Irona Regan's claim on the throne is not in question. But in my capacity as an advisor, I must respectfully express my... Reservations concerning her readiness. I cannot like Haldir. I do wish she had more time to learn how to rule. And I wish Gunther was around to teach her. But never does the beggar set the banquet menu. Well, you've never been a beggar, Sir Brennan. 
At least not for wisdom and strength. And she's not without a few regal qualities. If anyone can cultivate them, it is you. Your gracious, Kaltir. The human realm shall have a good queen one day. And you shall have your vengeance. Sir Brannan, there you... Kaltir. Good morning. Am I intruding? Not at all. I sought you out earlier, but you are not abed. I take it you had the dream as well. I did, and there is much to discuss there. But... Now, we truly must bring the young ones before the Council of Elders. I still fear Sir Brennan may be giving too much credence to writings which have already been deemed false. I believe Galadin is just, Keltir. And for those three to arrive and the dreams to follow, just as the monarchy is in greater peril than it has been in a dozen lifetimes, come to my aid here, Nia. I... I think you are on to something. Truly, it merits much discussion. But I'm afraid there is a more urgent matter. What is it? It is, uh, perhaps best discussed in private, Sir Brennan. Uh, are you certain the Kaltir's skills and knowledge would not be helpful? A brief look passed between Nia and Brennan. I'm sure there will be much to discuss with him come supper, but for now... If... That is the will of the court. Kaltir, uh, I'm certain General Riverfell could use a hand rebuilding his ramparts. Perhaps you could offer your services for the day. You would like me to work as a carpenter? He's been a most gracious host, and with your skills as a climber, you are uniquely suited to the work. Yes, it seems I am. Very well, then. Nia hesitated to speak for some time, knowing what she did about an elf's senses. He's out of earshot by now. Her Majesty our Queen seems to have departed. Departed where? West, tracking the Tarlow Hill. She what? She what? This was several hours ago, as far as I can tell. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I only just found out. Jen was the only one she told. Well, why didn't Jen tell me sooner? Seems she was torn between guarding Regan's safety and respecting her stated wishes. A noble struggle, if ever there was one. The Tarlow Hill care not about intentions. They will suffer no defiance, which is how they'll see Regan's trespass. None of you understand, and I blame myself. Perhaps I was too permissive with that tablet you found in the cairn. The map, you mean? It could be an invaluable font of information, if I could just decipher it. That's just what I mean. I accepted that risk, because I truly believed there was no way the elves would know, and even then with unease. But trespassing where the knights are like to be, these are not some petty watchmen to be bribed. They are the army of order in this world, and they are ironclad in their purpose. Order is a story made flesh through power. What? Nelson did have the sixth vision as suspected, neither here nor there at the present. Is Regan good enough to avoid the elves' detection? Depends on what they're doing, on how close she gets. Brennan allowed himself a moment to think, and Nia saw his face change. The vexed consternation of man thinking fell to the grim certainty of man deciding. I must go. As far as the Tarley Hill knew, I still hold rank over Regan. If she's found, I give the order to scout to the west. They may let her live if she was following my command. Nia did not fail to grasp what Brennan was implying for himself. It showed on her face. 
You needn't throw your life away, Sir Brennan. She is a woman grown, and she cast her own lot. And I cast mine with hers. Forty-one years ago, I pledged my life to House Gwernatol. Every day since has been borrowed from Galadon. Brennan stood to leave. If she returns alone, then you must convince her to declare. Make Jen help if they're such close friends. And if she needs someone to lead her army, you could fare worse than Bryce Riverfell. Nia dropped her head, crestfallen, as Brennan departed. (laughs) Brennan rode his mount hard all that day and into the night. The dense forest slowed him, as did his frequent stops to put his ear to the ground for signs of the Tarlohil, but in the end he was glad he did so. The requisite detour, however, took him far out of his way, and by the time the night was at its deepest, Brennan had to admit to himself that he was well and fully lost. Thus it was, with a drop of relief but a torrent of dread, that Brennan spied the pillar of smoke to the north, just after sunrise. Galadin, help me. Get up, your mangy nag. Oh, come on, Maggie. Upper body strength. Brennan knelt beside his queen, doing his best to assess the situation, but it was soon apparent that there wasn't a moment to spare. He hoisted Regan onto the back of his mount and fled as fast as the beast dared run. Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira, and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Paul Notice. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares. Julie Reed. Gregory M. Schultz. Production audio recording by Jared Paul, with help this chapter by Robert Don. Editing by Josh Perot and Christian T. Kelly Madeira. Mixing and sound design by Pedro Tarago and Miguel Patriota. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceinfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. 